we are celebrating ascension this week. Jesus spent 40 days after the resurrection with his disciples. That 40th day will fall on this Thursday, May 10th. So we are not gathering on Thursday, so we gather today. But we're going to celebrate his ascension. That he is high and lifted up. Seated at the right hand of the Father. To know that our God has defeated death by rising from the grave. And he has now have all authority and all power. Seated at the right hand of God in majesty. And so we want to recall and remember just as we celebrate his resurrection, we celebrate and remember his crucifixion. Uh, we want to celebrate and remember his ascension. And so then we'll have a re- further reflect on that come Wednesday afternoon and evening Bible study uh, to worship and celebrate our God that he has ascended into heaven. And so when we look at our text today, Luke, the 24th uh, chapter, looking at verses 50 to 53. Now, the way our Bible has been constructed for the canon purposes, they group the Gospels together. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. But history has kind of caught us to know that Luke and Acts were written together. And that being said, that Luke ends and then Acts picks up where Luke ends. Have you, any of you ever gone to some trilogies or through some movies and how the movie ends and they pick up at the next scene of that movie? And, and oftentimes the ending leaves you guessing, right? You wonder what happened at the end of the movie so you can't wait till the next movie comes to find out how it's going to come out to play. And so Luke's Gospels kind of does that for us. Because when we look at verses 50 and 53, it leaves you with a lot of questions of what, what, what happened. It said that he went away in a cloud, but what, what, what happened? And so when you open up Acts, he's more deliberate and definitive of what happened. Talking how some angels showed up. Talking how Jesus ascended and faded out of their sight. There's more of a development of the story in that. Just want to show you, see, that they had good writers back in the day, too. And so he understood how to close out the story and how it would be the beginning for the next story. But also the gospel writer Luke helps us to see that we need to see the individual elements that are involved in our Lord and Savior. That we know about his death. We know about his crucifixion. We know about his burial. We know about his resurrection. But sometimes we overlook that he did ascend. And it wasn't simultaneous. He did not resurrect and then ascend. He resurrected, spent 40 days, and then he ascended. And then he told them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. That took some days, too. And so we're going to look at the days after. So it's been roughly almost uh, 30-some days since we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Uh, You know that we have many people that only come on that day. But you need to let them know that every day is the Lord's day. Every day he done woke you up and set you on your way is a a day you ought to worship him and bless his holy name. And so we're going to look and celebrate his resurrection. 
Luke 24th chapter, I'm going to read verses 50 to 53 from the New Living Translation. The Word of God says, Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taking up to heaven. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. I, I want to encourage us to worship our Lord for he has ascended. And his ascension should represent something for us. His ascension should represent to us a promise. Can someone say promise? The promise is that he's coming back again. And, and so he ascended so he could prepare a place for us that we got a place to go to. That's the promise. He, he, he says that you believe in God, believe also in me. And my father's house is room with many men. I go to prepare a place for you so that when I come back there, you may be with me also. And so here it is. We're waiting on the promise, knowing that God is going to come back again. And, and when you are waiting on a promise, when you're waiting on something sure to come, you can sit back and relax. The issue is that as we're knowing that God is able to do what only he can do, we should wait on the Lord. But I want to highlight as they were waiting on God, what did they do? They worshipped him. They praised him. Do you understand that we ought to bless God while we wait on God? We should not be complaining, trying to tell everybody all about our troubles and how we just don't know how we're going to make it. You ought to be blessing God so we serve a good God. And I'm just waiting on my change to come if he said he's going to do it, believe it, child, he's so enough going to do it. And, and when he shows up, it's going to be the right time because our God is perfect, never made mistakes. And he will do just what he said he's going to do. Because when I was reading my Bible, you know, I was getting to my conversation. When I was reading my Bible, my Bible said, God said, let there be light. And so enough, there was light. If God can speak stuff into an existence and he wrote it down in his word he says i got a place for you over in glory and soon all my troubles and trials will be away with well i'm going to wait for the blessing to come but and we look at this text notice here verse 50 says then jesus led them to bethany i, I want to help you out those who are reading luke's gospel if you look at verse 49 right verse 49 you see jesus says and now i will send the holy spirit just as my father promised. See that word promise there? But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, that last statement is dealing with Jesus reappearing to the disciples. If you read Luke's gospel, you'll find out that they didn't believe, some of them still didn't believe he was alive. Matter of fact, when he showed up, one was missing. That, that was Thomas. That's how we got that nickname, Doubting Thomas. He didn't believe everybody told him. He said, he's here. I don't believe it unless I can stick my hand into his side and see his hands for myself. But when he saw him, he worshipped him and realized, you are the Lord. 
And so then Jesus empowers them and blesses them and lets them know you need to stay in the city until the promise comes. So the promise, specifically Christ is speaking of right here to the disciples, is a promise of the Holy Spirit. This promise has been since fulfilled, and we know about the power of the Holy Spirit. But they were waiting for the pouring and the blessing of God's power. And looking closely here at this text, when we look at the whole, t- uh, the, the totality of our Bible, it teaches us uh, that Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. We find that in the Hebrews chapter that he is a priest, and so like a priest, he blesses them. When they're reading this text, it might remind them of Leviticus 9, chapter verse 22, when, when, when Aaron is blessing the people. Some of y'all look at me and say, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. That's all right. Let me open up my Bible. I'm going to read it to you. Leviticus 9, chapter verse 22, New Living Translation. After that, Aaron raised his hands towards the people and blessed them. Look at the New Testament. It says, Jesus lifted up his hands towards the heavens and blessed them. See the echo there? This is the beginning, the ordination of God blessing his people as they have come to bring a covenant towards them, letting them know about the sin offering. This is after Aaron has done the sin offering. Look what the text says. Then after presenting the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. And so as they are reading this, they know the book of Moses. I, I believe that the readers are reading this and realize this sounds similar. I hear some echoes, some illusions of God using Aaron to bless the people of Israel after he's forgiven them of their sins. I got one amen. I could have been done, but y'all could have said amen a little bit hard. So I got to come down and talk to y'all, y'all. All right. The priest had to do a sin offering, a burnt offering, and a peace offering. And all that was because of sin. And these were the sin offerings that the priest had to do. And they gave out for the sin offering. You took a bull, you took an ox. You had to take the blood, sprinkle the blood on the altar, sprinkle the blood on the here, sprinkle it over here. Then for this sin offering, and has some has some categories of sin, right? These are for the sins they didn't know they did. Right, right. We, you, 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 we, God says this in this way for y'all to understand what God says. He says, I know you're bad. You don't know you're bad, but I got you covered. So this is for you what you did not know you should have done. I'm going to cover you this. And so that's that sin offering. And then there's another sin offering. Those you know you're bad and you did it on purpose. Here's another sin offering. And then there's even a sin offering for the priest. Said, hey, hey, priest, you can't do this unless you do this first. And so the priest got to do a sin offering. So all these offerings have to be done throughout the day. The priest is doing some hard work, y'all. He got to cut the meat. He got to spread the blood. He got to burn it. He got to set it all up. And it says after he did all that, he lifts up his hands and blesses the people. Then he steps down from the altar. If I can, one more amen. That After Jesus got off the cross, after he committed, he was the death, the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Then he got down on the cross and he blessed. Y'all see it right there? It says he blessed. This is after he done died, rose again. The sacrifice has already been presented to God. Now he's in the blessing. And I want to highlight this, that we serve a God that wants to bless us even when we are out of our minds. He died for our sins, knownly and unknownly. He died for, for us so that we might know him. So here it is. He's. Blessing. And now notice the location here. 
It says, then Jesus led them to Bethany. If you look in Acts, it says that they're on Mount Olives. And so you say, well, why are they at two different places? They're not at two different places. They're at the same place. Bethany and Mount Olives are, are adjacent to each other. And so it's basically like saying if you went to Peoria, you might be in Peoria Heights, but you're still in Peoria. Y'all am not talking to somebody here. You're still in the city. So here it is that it says they went to Bethany or went to Mount Harbor. Either way, to let you know they're on an elevated place. But also Luke's gospel specific because when he entered into Jerusalem, it said as he was coming down Mount Olive and Bethany, right? He sent two ahead of him. And they also worshipped him. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Luke Gospel writer makes a point to notice that he came into Jerusalem this way, on this mountain, on Bethany, and he's going to leave. Something significant about how he entered in this place one way, humble, suffering servant. But now he's going to leave as conquering, resurrected, king of kings, Lord of lords. Line of the tribe of Judah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the bright and the morning star, to go up in glory. Hallelujah. So the gospel writer is, is, is setting the scene to see how he came in, but how he's leaving. And so the way he blesses them is with all power and all authority is significant too that many times people bless you. At the end of their life. Uh, Jacob in Genesis the 49th chapter. uh, They have the blessing of Abraham through Jacob. Jacob continues the blessing that came from his father to his children. The promise was through Abraham. And Abraham was able to move that promise through his seed to Jacob. And Jacob blessed them. And the closing of Genesis at the end of his life. Moses blessed the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 33rd chapter at the end of it. Like, God let them know that you're only going to make it this far. God took them up to the mountaintop. He could see the promised land. And then he said, hear my word, O Israel. And he blessed them with his dying breath. Here it is. Jesus has already died. He has defeated death. But yet he has to leave. He has to leave, as verse 49 says, I got to go so that the promise can come. He had to leave, ascend into heaven so the promise of the Father should come. And so as he's leaving them, he does not want to leave them without blessing them. Aren't you glad God's a blessing God? And so it says he lifts up his hands towards heaven and he blesses them. Oh, glory be to God. So in blessing his disciples, he Blessing him as a priest, the high priest, the highest priest, standing before God, bestowing God's blessing on his people. And so in this process, I'm thinking about how God's blessing them and how he has blessed us. Can you just take a moment and just count your blessings and just think about how good God's been to you? I'm looking around the congregation. I can see somebody holding their blessing. They got a baby in their arm. <laughs> Count your blessings. Uh, some of y'all sitting next to your blessing. That they still here. You say, "Amen." I woke up. You still here? That's a blessing. I, I ain't got a your 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 sheets and after turning your your winding bed. Am I talking to somebody here? That y'all so glad that you're still a blessing. You, you walked into the hospital. You walked out the hospital. God is still a blessing. You you drove your car, got into an accident, but you walked out of the accident. God is still a 
blessing. So we can reverse for a moment. We could just lift up our hands towards the heaven and just say, thank you for your blessing. Oh, every time I turn around, he keeps blessing me over and over and over again. He keeps blessing me. Aren't you glad God never runs out? And so here it is, Jesus lifts up his hands as a priest and he blesses them. And, and as he's blessing them, he's commissioning them. We, we can kind of use a parallel when you look at the gospel according to Matthew. And he says he blessed them to go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he gives them a confirmation. He says, and lo, I will be with you until the end of the earth. He's blessing them, saying, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to send you some help. Anybody glad God going to send you some help? Well, you don't know how you're going to make it. You think you might be all by yourself, but you can look up to the hills from which cometh your help. Let me encourage some one more person. Let you know that you may be down by yourself. You may feel down and out, but let me help you out. You can still look up. They, they, they may have you chained up, but you can still look up. <laughs> I want you to know. And then if you feel your, your neck is stiff and you can't lift up your head, well, lift up your voice and just say, Lord, I, I need you. I want to encourage you. You say, well, I lost my voice. Well, you, you could just blink. Just do whatever you can. Say, God, I need you. Do you know that God can move? This wasn't in my message, but let me give you this. There was a lame man, a lame man. He couldn't get to Jesus. But some way, somehow, somebody got him to Jesus. There was a lame man at the pool. He wanted to get healed. But some way, somehow, Jesus showed up. I'm going to encourage you that when you're down and out, when you don't think you can make it, God is near. Just call on the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. He's a blessing God. And so as Jesus is blessing them, verse 51 gives us something, another of an illusion, another echo about the mystery and the awesomeness of God. It says that while he was blessing them, y'all see that there? He left them and was taken up to heaven. And, and our, our Bible te- teaches us about two people uh, that did not know death and were taken up. Uh, we, we learn about a man named Enoch. Walked with God and God loved him and he loved God so much, God called him up. And then we know about the prophet Elijah, that God loved him so much, he let him know that you, you will be called up. And, and Elijah knew he's going to be called up and told Elisha, Elisha, it's about time for me to go. Elisha said, I ain't going to miss out. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to get, and I want double blessing. I, I saw what God was doing in your life. So I want double what you got. Elijah let him know, said, I don't know if I can give you double, but I'm going to give you my mantle. And so he said, I'm going to stay with you till I get my blessing. So he crossed him on the other side. And then a fiery chair, the weird one came and took him up. But you know that Elisha did more miracles than Elijah? Some of y'all quiet on me. Go read your Bible. You'll see for yourself. Elisha did more miracles recorded than Elijah. Hmm. Yet, Elisha knew death. Elijah did not. Elijah was raised up. And so here it is, Christ, showing he's greater than that prophet. Remember I told you Christ is the priest? He's greater than the prophets. That he defeated death to rise again, to die no more. 
And so he, you see this aspect of showing this about the greatness of God, rising the son of God, who is God, to be with him. And so what happened? They worshipped him. They returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. Because somebody say great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple praising God. I, I, I want to encourage us that we need to know how to have great joy. Notice that they had great joy in the presence of God. God blessed them. They saw him ascend, and so they worshipped him. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. I want to highlight that they left the mountaintop to get back down in the valley. But though they still had the mountaintop experience inside of them, can I encourage somebody that you might leave the mountaintop, but you don't have to leave the mountaintop experience. They saw him ascend before them, but they had to descend and get back to work. But yet they still had joy. They, they had joy in my recollection because there's a promise waiting to come. And they realized the promise is not going to come right here. He told them, go back into Jerusalem and encourage somebody. You get great joy out of obedience. When you do what God tells you to do, then you're in the place for God to bless you the way he wants to bless you. Uh, I want to encourage you. He says, y'all need to go back. And so they went back into the temple. And, and, and notice that he didn't tell them at what time he would show up. He said, just Wait. Wait until the promise comes. We, we live in such a date of time that we check delivery date. We get alerts to let us know if it's on the way. You can set up accounts with different postal services to let you know your package has been shipped. It's on the way. You should expect it at this time. I'm here to let you know that God was before apps and expectancy, but he, he lets you know that if I tell you where to be, I guarantee it'll be on time. It'll be at the right time, and it'll be just what you ask. Because God does not give us a blessing with a return receipt. He does not concern about you trying to return back your blessing. God knows that when he blesses you, you're going to keep it. You're going to hold on to it. You're going to say, thank you. You've been good to me. God is letting them know, I'm going to bless you. And and when the blessing comes, you will be ready, but you got to wait. And while they waited, what did they do? They said they worship God. They praise God. I want to encourage somebody. While you're waiting for your blessing to come, you ought to worship him. Don't get caught up cursing and talking to somebody all bad about yourself. Just go ahead and worship I guarantee you're going to feel better about yourself. The atmosphere is going to change. I, I, I don't want nobody to lose their job. So, so, but but yeah, sing to yourself at your job. Just sing to yourself. You know, when I say sing to yourself, sing, sing. No, not, not audibly. But you could be sitting down at your desk knowing that you got some bad news about to come to your cubicle, about to come to your office. And you can just say, how great is our God. And they can come and tell you and say, you need to pack up your stuff and go. And you can keep on saying, sing with me how great <laughs> is our God. Because you can walk out knowing that if they're going to kick me out this job, let me trust my God. 
to lead me to another place. Do I want to get fired? No. Do I want to lose this job? No. But I want to worship him. I want to bless him and serve him. You understand what I'm saying here? That when you worship him, bless him, say, God, I'm going to wait for my blessing to come. Let me worship you in the midst of this place. So they're waiting for God to show up. And they're worshiping him for the blessing to come. And when you know who Jesus is, you know that he's faithful. He's able to do what he can only do. He is a deliverer. He is, a, he is our, 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 the resurrection. He is our life. And so when we trust him, he can take whatever is broken and he can fix it. And so we serve the resurrected, ascended Lord who is seated at the right hand of the Father. I want to recap what we've been talking about this ascension, that we are in him and he is in us. And where is he? He is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the father. And if I'm in Jesus and I'm with him, I'm sitting on the throne with Jesus. I'm able to look and talk to God, the father. Jesus says, anything you ask. And my namesake, my father will give. Why is that, Jesus? Because I'm asking on your behalf. Because I will be your yes and your amen. So you can say, Lord, my family needs a blessing. Jesus can repeat that to God. God, I need you to go ahead and bless the Cook family right now. God said, I got it. Because Jesus says so. You understand? We just go to God. God's got our names on his lip. Oh, glory be to God. He says, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice and I know their name. I want you to know that God loves you and he cares about you. And so he's given us instructions. Will we follow the instructions? Will we receive the blessing? Because notice what he tells the disciples. He raises his hands and he blesses them. But verse 49, he lets them know that the promise is coming. The power of the Holy Spirit. And we have been blessed with the power of of the Holy Spirit. So we have direct access to God because God is with us. He is in us. So let us just take this moment just to worship him and thank him for his presence. Thank you that Christ did ascend to heaven so that we will see the power of the Holy Spirit. Just in your own way, just worship him, just thank him, just bless him. Just bless him. Just thank him.